0: So, hey, if this is a few days later, welcome back. Now Ahab had 70 sons in Samaria, so Jehu wrote letters and sent them to Samaria, to the rulers of the city, to the elders, and to the guardians of the sons of Ahab, saying, Now then, as soon as this letter comes to you, seeing your master's sons are with you, and there are with you chariots and horses, fortified cities also, and weapons, select the best and the fittest of your master's sons, set him on his father's throne, and fight for your master's house. But they were exceedingly afraid and said, Behold, the two kings could not stand before him. How then can we stand? So he is picking a fight with them and trying to intimidate them. And they respond how he thinks they will, with fear. Verse 5. So he, he who was over the palace and he was over the city together with the elders and the guardians sent to Jehu saying, We are your servants and we will do all that you tell us. We will not make anyone king. Do whatever is good in your eyes. So Jehu, um, yeah, he, he's riding the victory he's had. With intimidating power and the people of the city aren't going to try to stand up against him then he wrote to them a second letter saying if you are on my side and if you're ready to obey me take the heads of your master's sons and come to me at Jezreel tomorrow at this time now the king's sons, 70 persons were with the great men of the city who were bringing them up and as soon as the letter came to them they took the king's sons and slaughtered them 70 persons and put their heads in baskets and sent them to him at Jezreel so this is very gruesome So I'm a barbaric, but again, um, this is the retribution for all the evil that they did in Israel. And when the messengers came and told him, they have brought the heads of the king's son, he said, lay them in two heaps at the entrance of the gate until the morning. (laughs) Rough. Then in the morning, when he went out, he stood and said to all the people, you are innocent, it was I who conspired against my master and killed him, but who struck down all these? Now then, that there... Know then that there shall fall to the earth nothing of the word of the Lord, which the Lord spoke concerning the house of Ahab, for the Lord has done what he said by his servant Elijah. So Jehu struck down all who remained of the house of Ahab and Jezreel, all his great men and his close friends and his priests, until he left none remaining. this This is what Elijah had said would happen. And it's being fulfilled. There's been a complete sweep of this family out of the history of Israel. Verse twelve Then he set out and and went to Samaria, and on the way, when he was at Beth Eket of the shepherds, Jehu met the relatives of Azaziah coming to uh, ah, sorry, Ahaziah king of Judah, and he said, Who are you? And they answered, We are the relatives of Ahaziah, and we came down to visit the royal princes and the sons of the Queen Mother. He said to them, Take them alive. And they took them alive and slaughtered them at the pit of Beth Eked, 42 persons, and he spared none of them. So remember, the king was wounded, and so some relatives have come to visit um, Ahaziah as he was visiting, and they haven't heard what's going on, so he captures them, and their toast too. Verse 15, when he departed from there, he met Jehonadab, the son of Rechab, coming to meet him. And he greeted him, and he said to him, is your heart true to my heart as mine is to yours? And Jehonadab answered, it is. And Jehu said, if it is, give me your hand. So he gave him his hand, and he took Jehu... And Jehu took him up with him in the chariot, and he said, Come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. For he had him ride in his chariot, and when he came to Samaria, he struck down all who remained of A- to Ahab in Samaria, till he had wiped them out according to the word of the Lord that he spoke to Elijah. So again, this is the theme. Elijah's word is fulfilled. Elijah's complaint about being overrun by Jezebel is being responded to. Um... God is being true to his word, which is a huge theme in this entire book and meant to be what informs us about God's promise to David. God is as faithful to his promise that David will reign through his sons on the throne of Israel as he is to the words of Elijah. I'm not sure who this uh, Jehonadab guy is. Forgive me. I can't help you out there. Maybe you can look it up. Verse 18, then Jehu assembled all the people and said to them, Ahab served Baal a little, but Jehu will serve him much. Now therefore, call to me all the prophets of Baal and all his worshippers and all his priests. Let none be missing, for I have a great sacrifice to offer to Baal, and whoever is missing shall not live. Okay, so because we're not sure and we've often seen kings of the north go bad, the author then says this, but Jehu did it with cunning in order to destroy the worshippers of Baal. <laughs> okay, so you're kind of like wiping your brow phew because usually what happens is these kings take... Rule and then go bad. And Jehu ordered, Sanctify a solemn assembly for Baal. So they proclaimed it. And Jehu sent through all of Israel, and all the worshippers of Baal came, so that there was not a man left who did not come. And they entered the house of Baal. And thus of Baal was filled from one end to the other. And he said to, to him, who was in charge of the wardrobe, but bring out the vestments for all the worshipers of Baal. So he brought out the vestments for them. Then Jehu went into the house of Baal with Jehonadab, the son of Rechab, and he said to the worship of Baal, search and see that there is no servant of the Lord here among you, but only the worshipers of Baal. <laughs> this is very tricky. Kind of reminds me of when uh, Samson took out uh, that, that temple. So it seems like he's like, yeah, let's get rid of those worshippers of the Lord. Those riffraffs and maybe kicking people out, but he's actually might be saving their lives. Then they went in to offer sacrifices and burnt offerings. Now Jehu had stationed 80 men outside and he said, the man who allows any of those whom I give into your hand to escape shall forfeit his life. So as soon as he made an, an end of offering, the burnt offering, Jehu said to the guard and to the officers, go in and strike them down and let not a man escape. So... When they put them to the sword, the guard and the officers cast them out and went to the end of the room of the house of Baal and they brought out the pillar that was in the house of Baal and burned it and they demolished the pillar of Baal and they demolished the house of Baal and made it a latrine to this day. So it's a public bathroom, um, which is great and amazing and fitting. And it's this is like that temple of Baal got turned into like hell itself, just a place of death. And now it's a place of desecration as well. So... Good job, Jehu. Verse 28, thus Jehu wiped out Baal from Israel. So this is his good thing. And then they're going to show his his lacking in zeal to the Lord. But this was a great deed to remove Baal, who was like the main competitor to true worship of Yahweh and was the official religion of the king and the queen, but a false religion and it was just cut out like a cancer. Verse 29, but Jehu did not turn aside from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, which he made Israel to sin, that is the golden calves that were in Bethel and Dan. And the Lord said to Jehu, because you've done well in carrying out what is right in my eyes and have done to the house of Ahab, according to all that was in my sight, your sons of the, f- of the fourth generation shall sit on the throne of Israel. But Jehu was not careful to walk in the law of the Lord, the God of Israel with all his heart. He did not uh, turn from the sins of Jeroboam which he made israel the sin so we have this like summary here we're getting back to this like repetition of summary passages about kings and stuff and jehu gets a four generation dynasty because he carried out this uh, removal of the influence of ahab from the northern kingdom but that original sin of jeroboam where he made golden calves to replace the lord because he feared to have people go down to jerusalem for true worship at the temple that persists, and that's probably why Jehu didn't get like an abiding abiding rule of his own, abiding reign. But he is rewarded with a dynasty for um, his faith in the word of Elijah and his execution of uh, his mission. Verse 32, in those days, the Lord began to cut off parts of Israel. Okay, so Hazael, remember, he's the other king that was uh, prophesied to be appointed when Elijah met with the Lord. Haziel defeated them throughout the territory of Israel, and from the Jordan eastward, all the land of Gilead, the Gadites, and the Reubenites, and the Manassites, from Ar, which is by the valley of Arnon, which is Gilead and Bashan. Now the rest of the acts of Jehu, and all that he did, and all his might, are they not written in the books of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? So Jehu slept with his fathers, and they buried him in Samaria, and has his son, reigned in his place." And the time that Jehu reigned over Israel in Samaria was 28 years. Okay, so we have the conclusion of this humongous transformation and transition in the northern kingdom's history. We have a one dynasty ending, another one started. We're prophesied it's going to last for at least four generations, or is it five? Depending on how you do the math, I don't do math. But the initial problem of false worship is going to persist, and because of that false worship's persisting, a foreign king is carving away bits of the promised land from the people of God. And ultimately, the northern kingdom is going to go into full exile because of their unfaithfulness. Um, But this is like, it's slowly happening right now. But there is this like moment of the Lord fulfilling the word of the prophet. And remember these two prophets, Elijah and Elisha, they're there in Israel during the reign of the kings to say, hey, God still reigns. And when kings are unfaithful, he will rule through faithful prophets who bring the word of the Lord and the power of God to situations. And like God himself, they oppose the proud and give grace to the humble. In this story, Jehu has humbled himself to the word of Elijah and he gets the grace of a semi enduring dynasty. um, And he executes judgment against Jezebel and Ahab because of their pride. But we still have this overarching story where um, the northern kingdom is not in full faith to Yahweh, not in true worship at the temple. And because of that, you still have this divided kingdom. But the abiding question right now is what is happening in Jerusalem now that Azariah? Yeah, no, Ahaziah has been killed. What's going on there? And that's what we're going to look at next time in chapter 11. Be blessed.